Do you remember me telling you about uh, when my car broke down on the highway? This was this was about a month and a half ago at this point. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast because I had to go buy a new car. And uh, I ended up buying a Chevy Tahoe, a 2021 Tahoe Premier, uh, which I am very excited about and am still not in, actually. Um, and that's my fault. That's that's not Chevy's fault. Uh, I got the car from Bob Johnson, actually. Um, it, it's my own fault because I decided that I wanted the brown trim. They call it like brown sugar. So it's a black Chevy Tahoe with a brown interior and they don't make a lot of those. So you basically have to special order that specific interior. Uh, and so they told me it would be six to eight weeks and, you know, true to form here we are. I believe it's been exactly five weeks and I just got noticed this week that we're one to two weeks out from the car actually arriving. So it's all good. I'll be in the Tahoe soon. I've been driving the sauce van around for the last uh, month and a half. And, uh, I I'm, I'm done driving a, a cargo van for, my regular vehicle. I'm ready to get into the Tahoe. Anyway, I, I bring this up because do you remember the story about what happened to my last car? Well, I, I was driving a 2015 Kia Sorento and I bought that car in 2014, the spring of 2014. I bought it because, uh, quite frankly, it was a cheap SUV and I needed a cheap SUV because if you remember something else that happened in my life in 2014, I started my sauce business. So I needed something that could double as a delivery van. So I bought the cheapest SUV I could get. I bought this 2015 Kia Sorento and I drove it. And for a few years, it was good to me. And I, and quite frankly, I was not good to it. You know, it it took a lot of uh, abuse, But, but basically I loaded that thing with sauce so many times I had to be over the payload. It was just uh, a lot, a lot. Anyway, um, I get this letter in the mail telling me that there is a class action lawsuit regarding my Kia Sorento and several others. I think it's it's uh, all 2011 through 2018 uh, Kia Optimas, 2012 through 2018 Sorentos, 2011 through 2019 Kia Sportages. And the lawsuit, the, the class action lawsuit is called the it's called the Kia Engine Settlement. And um, it basically alleges that these cars have a defect that could cause very dangerous engine seizure, stalling, failure, or even fire. Well, that was my story. Remember, I've, I've shared it once before, but I'll share it again just real quick. Uh, I was on 490 heading towards my factory, so heading towards Bergen. And this would have been, I believe, Sunday, June 26th. Was it June 26th? Yeah, I think it was... No, 28th. I guess it would have been the 28th. Uh, Sunday, June 28th. I'm on 490. I'm heading towards my factory. My parents have come to visit Rochester for the first time since the uh, coronavirus outbreak. And I'm bringing them to see my factory. I'm beaming with pride. They're going to see this thing. And I am so excited for them to see it for the first time. And as I come up on the Burgeon exit, I realize I can no longer give my vehicle any gas. And I start thinking, geez, what, what the hell happened? Like, am I out of gas? But I wasn't out of gas. I had plenty of gas. So I try to give it some brake. And the brakes don't work either. And this is when panic sets in. Luckily, I I kept pretty cool. I was able to kind of coast to a stop. 
uh, yeah, I, my, my momentum took me all the way up the exit ramp. I was able to make a right off that exit there in Bergen and then just kind of come to a stop on the side of the road. And, and again, got extremely lucky that there were no cars coming and I was able to make that right, you know, without a problem. Uh, and also was able to slow down to the correct uh, mileage in order to be able to make that right. Anyway, it was very scary. You know, the, the car basically just stopped working in the middle of being on the highway. Very, very scary. Uh, and it was the most convenient breakdown in history, though, because as I mentioned, my parents were following me and I broke down about a quarter mile from my factory where my sauce van lives. So I had <laughs> my parents right behind me and I had a spare vehicle a quarter mile away. So if you're ever going to break down, this was the way to break down. Nonetheless, very scary. And what if that had happened while I was like coming down Monroe Avenue or something? You know, because I take Monroe, I, I go 490 to Monroe. Uh, coming back from work every day, head down Monroe to my street, which is near 12 Corners in Brighton. What if the engine just seized as I was coming down Monroe Avenue one day? I mean, this could have been way worse. And I just thought, to be honest with you, privately, I just thought, Jesus, what a piece of shit. And I thought, I'll, I'll never buy a Kia again. But then again, I was also thinking, anyway, I'd probably never buy a Kia again because there's a reason they call them cheapas. Kia, cheapa. Uh, anyway, it, the whole time I'm just thinking that you know i i just had shitty luck but it turns out there is a, a class action lawsuit and this is a real thing this is like a thing kia engines between 11 and 18 on optimus sportages and sorrentos are seizing on people and god knows if it's caused any uh, real harm very scary. So anyway, I got this class action. This like four, I'm looking at it right now. I got like this eight page thing, and I I filled the whole thing out and include printed off and included all my receipts from all the money I had to spend to tow it and have it looked at. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to be rich by any means, but I think I'm going to get whatever the vehicle was worth at the time it broke down back, which is cool, right? So basically, two things I'm going to get back is according to this class action lawsuit, I'm going to get all my towing fees back. And then I'm also going to get uh, the fee, which isn't much. It was like a little over a hundred dollars. And then I'm also going to get um, whatever Bob Johnson ends up giving me for my trade-in, which uh, likely won't be much because it's a broken down Kia Sorento. Um, and what it's supposed to be worth, I get the difference. So if Bob Johnson gives me a thousand bucks and it's deemed to be worth $4,000, which I believe, according to Kelly Blue Book, my vehicle should be worth about $4,000, my old Kia Sorento. Uh, that would make it so that I would get $3,000 out of this class action. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. You almost killed me. I'll take it. No problem. On the uh, podcast this week, we're going to talk to Sheffrey. And Mrs. Sheffrey, Laura. Uh, Sheffrey is a guy I've been lucky enough to know for a few years. I do my New York kitchen classes with him. He's a uh, professional chef, of course. Uh, caterer, you'll hear more about that business during this podcast. But also, just a, an absolutely fantastic guy. He's got a history in radio. And I figured, hey, for National Radio Week, how about a couple ex-radio guys talking? Uh, or National Radio Day? Was it day or week? I, I saw some stuff on social media. I can't remember if it was day or week. But it's National Radio something. And uh, I thought this would be the right time to maybe bring Sheffrey on. I was uh, still still am doing an interview with Peels on Wheels, the pizza guy. Also, Jeremy Newman, formerly of the B, uh, WBEE. He'll be joining me. Uh, the um, Both of those interviews are uh, pending and should be happening in the near future. They're both confirmed. We just don't have a date yet as we go back and forth. Everybody's very busy. 
very, very busy these days. Um, also, I'm going to be appearing soon on the Gentleman's Club podcast. The fellows are returning the favor. So I had them on a couple of weeks ago. They're going to have me on an upcoming episode. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Thank you to Mark and Shane for uh, inviting me. In the meantime, Sheffrey, always a great conversation. Let's do a little food talk with Sheffrey and Laura. Should have started the podcast for that story right there. Is what I should have done. Sheffer, uh, you are a former radio guy. I uh, yeah yeah. A few years in the nineties, I did it for a while. See huh? that voice right there, Laura. Like that voice is like. Yeah, I know. It kind of gets all the girls. <laughs> I heard you have a radio station in your basement. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, don't know what. That. Well, so um, the beginning of the pandemic, the basement project started. And it started because I needed to repair the stair steps uh, because the the risers and the in the uh, and the stringers and the you know all the all the stair step stuff was out of whack and they were falling apart. So I went down the basement, got the the under the stairs cleaned out, and then repaired the stairs. And then the handyman in me said, "I got nothing else going on. Let's put a wall up." Uh-huh. So I put a wall up and closed off the stairs. Yeah. And then cleaned the basement, then painted the basement, okay. and then thought, you know what would be nice down here? My podcast studio that I'll never use. Yeah. So I went ahead and uh, found a, an audio interface, and we built a, a high-rise table out of some stuff we found in the basement. Audio interface, some microphones, a laptop. Got that all set up. You know, put up the artwork, and then it was like, hey, maybe we should put in a TV. And Laura said, no, no, no. How about a movie theater? Uh-huh. Uh, I like how you're thinking. So wait a second. So your wife actually yeah. encouraged a man cave. I yeah. Indeed. Are yeah. you the best wife ever? I oh, I'm telling you. Can you go uh, inside of my house and talk to my wife right now? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> because funny. my wife thinks that this podcast is a way of me getting out of a family walk right now. Uh, okay. And I told yeah. her, exactly. Well, let's be it's honest. Very well. Let's be honest. The radio yeah. station does double as a bar. It, it, there, is a, there is a really nice <laughs> bar down there, which is a story I'll definitely have to tell you off of the podcast all right uh, so um but uh, then it was uh, bought a projector and and found a, a used 12-foot screen and set that up with some surround sound equipment that i've been toting around for years nice bought a few speakers uh and then um you know mrs overboard to my right uh said oh you know what we should get some recliners so there's well, yeah we have three have a real movie experience <laughs> yes right. do you have a popcorn maker down there uh, we yes do. we do yes <laughs> the movie theater style popcorn uh-huh. and a fridge well how do how do chefs because just in case anyone isn't familiar with you guys you are both professional chefs yeah, right you, you sir a professional chef of course and you, do we call you a chef or are you up you're a, a pastry chef a pastry, a pastry chef. chef okay yep. So, yeah, and occasionally so his sous chef and his lackey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> groupie? Uh, no. Well, yeah, he's well, like your groupie, no, yeah. I think. I was. You were, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the hair. 
how do uh, how do professional chefs do popcorn well first of all you have to have all the the shaker toppers yeah okay so it's important your kit is built from the ground up so you need good uh coconut oil right because that's what they use in the movie theater okay there's a nice tip i like it so you need coconut oil and then you got to find the right popcorn um now i will say this there's a lot of gourmet artisanal popcorns out there right now yeah and they're very small kernel and they're not they're just not movie theater popcorn so you have to find the big yellow jumbo kernels um you can go to a few of the uh the mennonite stores the community stores in the area and unfortunately i don't remember the brand do you remember the brand we went to was it solders yes it was solders over in amish yeah popcorn and i'm not quite sure and and the the kernels are about the size of your pinky fingernail and so when they pop they they turn they're just these massive massive uh uh, uh popcorn uh, kernels and uh and then the butter it's got to be real butter yeah. uh and then uh you know the shakers there's uh popcorn toppers you can buy there's eight or nine different flavors and it's jalapeno cheddar or nacho oh, cheese a yeah. little bit of that but my favorite without the toppers by far my favorite popcorn in the world is uh, black truffle oil, rosemary, and Parmesan cheese. Oh, oh so good. Oh, it's so good. I mean, that's not even like... that's yeah. that's. I mean, this is... We should call this episode food porn. That's what it's going to be, I think. It's <laughs> a lot of what yeah. it's going to be. I mean, it started off, Laura showed up with a cheese... What was the cheesecake you showed it's up with? It's a uh, lemon meringue cheesecake. Oh, my on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a monster. Yeah. yeah. And we, we had Aladdin's for dinner tonight, so I, I've already had a couple pieces of baklava in me, oh, nice. which oh. means that there are certain people who, who think I've had enough dessert. Uh-huh. But what they don't realize is that they go to bed earlier than I do, and the uh-huh. cheesecake is going to take it. It would be tonight. rude, Polly, if it, you didn't try my cheesecake tonight. That's how I feel. See? Right? See? That's right. Wait, so popcorn, we don't get down with Orville? That's bullshit. Uh, no, Orville. Or- Orville's okay. Mr. Redenbacher did it right. He did it okay. Yeah, yeah and plus, you got to give pre- credit to Redenbacher on how he died. How did he die? Heart attack in a hot tub with two twins. Get out of no, here. True story. Look it up. Are you serious? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> you would know something yep. like that. Yes, I would. Redenbacher died in a hot tub with twins? <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely certain of it. Unless I got lured in, which yes, I don't think age, I did. I'm sure. If I have my phone out here, do you mind if I Google it? No, please, please. Google it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. That gets I'm you. almost positive. That's Jeffrey amazing. is a treasure trove of information that you probably <sighs> and, and And, and I know that's nothing know. I made up because I remember the stuff I make up. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that is uh, and that's. Uh, I heard that somewhere. No, the, the twins um, were half his age. I'm I, taking I, it. You know what? Probably. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, would you really want to be in the tub with twin grandmas? Oh well. Okay, then there's that. Well, now careful, because I mean, you're a grandma, <gasps> and yeah, but you're a hot grandma. Well, Am I allowed to go. say that? Thank yeah, you, you just said it. Absolutely. Cause I of death was definitely a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> suffered a heart attack while in his jacuzzi. We got oh, that far so yeah. far. <laughs> Did he have twins? <laughs> I can't see if he had twin, twins in there with him or not, but we're going to go with that. Yeah, we'll just roll with it. See? I, well, even if anything, that was 66% accurate, but I'm certain there were twins involved. I, it stuck in my brain for one reason. Oh, yeah, Let's talk about butter for a second. Butter, yes. Okay, different butters for different situations? Yes. Or, yes. Yes. So I have found a, a brand of butter mm-hmm. that you can purchase at Wegmans okay. that I have fallen in love with. Okay. Do you know Plugra? Have you ever seen Plugra? No? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I just saw that on the shelf somewhere, and I just kind of went, oh, it's it. a generic, maybe that's Restaurant where it Restaurant Depot has it, I think yeah. that's where it was. I was looking yeah. when I was over there today. Well, it's expensive. It's like, I mean, some of the butters, the, the you know, the regular butters at yeah. like Restaurant Depot yeah. are like $75 a case. Uh-huh. Plugger's like $105 a case. Oh, wow. Is it a yeah. green butter? Is it uh, pasture-fed, oh, whatever? So I'm not too. sure, actually. It comes in a small little pack. I, I don't really know, but it comes in a small little package. Yeah. Wegmans basically offers like, like four 
Like okay. two nice butters. You know, not including their own. They've got two nice, but they've got the giant Amish roll butter, yep. Yep. Right. which I was buying for a while, and that was delicious. That's very mm-hmm. good. And then I started buying Plugra, and it was just, uh, I heard somebody recommended it for baking, is what it was. Was okay. Plugra, because it's creamy or something. Well, and, and so, yeah, when you look at, it, it was funny, I was just reading about this in that uh, About Food book you bought me. So I've, I've got a new text that's all references on how, you know, what makes milk taste the way milk does. Mm. And uh, there's a whole section on butter, and it talks about how you have sweet cream butter, you have cream butter, you have salted and unsalted of course but then you also have cultured butters uh that uh, the milk is actually fermented a little bit Mm -hmm. cultured similar to like a yogurt Mm -hmm. Uh, then it's churned into butter so i'd be i'm gonna look into it a little bit look into plugra but i so when we say different butters for different things Mm -hmm. uh in the pastry world and in the in the making dinner tonight Mm -hmm. world what are the differences in butters that you're looking for well, between the two of you. Now, now I, Laura, I'll let you go first, because traditionally, what do you bake with? Well, traditionally, you bake with an unsalted butter. Um, but, and quite honestly, I don't. I, I just, I don't see the difference. I've tried it. I've done, you know, I've done the same pastry with the two different types. And honestly, I'll add a lot of salt to my sweetened things anyways, because you get that, uh, you get yeah. that sweet and salty taste mm. going. Yeah. So, I mean, but technically speaking, you're supposed to use a unsalted butter. Right. Is there a brand you're married to, or do you just get the just whatever? Just whatever. Just whatever? The, and it all works the out just ex-Indian fine? type. Yeah. yeah, yeah what is the, 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 the missing, yeah. uh, the missing uh, um, uh, princess. Pocahontas yeah. one, yes. Um, and in the, reason, the reason traditionally with uh, baked goods that you use unsalted butter is the amount of salt in butter isn't regulated. There's no FDA code that says one tablespoon per pound. Mm. So different butters will have different salt levels. And more importantly, if you're baking something, you need to have absolute control over the salt. So if the salt's not there, um, then you know how much you need to add. Whereas in savory cooking, I can stop along the way, taste my food, and add more if I need to. Mm. Well, that's more important for when you're baking large quantities of things and you need to control yeah. um, the way it's going to taste. Agreed. You, you, should, you know that. Right. Um, so mm. you would then use the unsalted because, you know, you want everything. You want the 100th piece, 100th cookie to taste it exactly the same as right. the first yeah. 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is a trick, honestly, when, yeah. you're, when you're making that much. Oh, scalability. Yeah. 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 And, and mm-hmm. what's interesting in the chefs, in, you know, in, 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 in the culinary field, you have different types of chefs. You have chefs that do very well at high volume and other chefs that do very well intimate. Uh, but they don't. It's 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 a tough crossover. I mean, what what we do, I prefer to focus on smaller groups, yeah. Um, because I don't necessarily want to become that production. I want there to be a uniqueness to everything I do. And, and when you say what you guys do, you guys are a team. Yes. Uh, yes. Not only personally, but also professionally, a team. Uh-huh. Yes. You are you are a chefs field. for hire. Yes. Uh, what's the name of the business? It's uh, Chefry Life, and it's it's Chefry's kind of weird. So you know, an amalgamation of Chef Jeffrey, uh, but Jeffrey's spelled strange. So it's C H E F F O R Y. L-I-F-E. And that's uh, ChefRealife.com, ChefRealife on all social media. Um, so I can hire you. I hire you. What kind of control when I hire you do I have over the menu, or do I just leave it to you? No, you have full control. So I'll tell you just what I'm in the mood yeah. for, or I can actually get right down oh. to the dishes that I want you, you to You can tell us the exact dishes you want. Wow. Um, but what, what I find usually when I talk with people is they'll have some idea. And they'll have, you know, they'll have a general concept of what they want to do. And so the first thing I have them do is fill out my culinary profile. And it's a little checklist that says, do you like 
Chinese food. Yeah. yeah. And now do you like real Chinese food? Or yeah, do you like right. Chinese American food? Yeah. Uh, do you like Italian spaghetti and meatball Italian or classic, uh, you know, Genovese? Um, so they fill out this little list, takes about three minutes. And then from there, I can go ahead and say, well, here, how about a, look at this menu? And then I create the menu new every single time. We can also tell at that point whether these people are foodies mm. or whether they're just, you know, average people mm-hmm. who just like to eat good food. Yeah. Because it makes a big difference in the language sure. and the terminology terminology that they use. And that will that will yeah. tend to push us in different areas. Well, you were just telling me a story last night. Someone requested a specific cuisine mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you said the lingo kind of gave them away as being foodies, right? Oh, yes. sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we, um, we got a call for um, and a lot of what we've been doing lately, especially during, you you know the 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 reopening of America is um, you know we're getting last minute calls to come do an eight person or ten person or fifteen person home wedding dinner, mm. and so you know there a lot of emails are exchanged. These are of, frantic calls, Polly. Yeah, These yeah. are people saying help. help. I need it tomorrow. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so when you know when they sent us their request for this fourteen person dinner, uh, I had said what type of food do you like, and they had said New American, and that's not. I mean. That's not a term that's used casually. I didn't know what you meant when yeah. you told me that story for the first time. So, in, 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 New American is kind of a, it's a, it's a cross of classic French technique with indigenous ingredients and, and also uh, international influence. So, you could make a Japanese-influenced American dish, like a ribeye steak, with pulling in uh, components from Japanese meals. Okay. And so, when we saw that term, we thought, okay, these are, these are individuals that are going to be looking for something a little out of the box. And we ended up doing a, a five-course Latin and uh, Japanese tasting menu for them. Uh, we delivered it outside and uh, fed the, I think there was 12 of them, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Fed 12 of them on, uh, what lake was that? Uh, Owasco. Owasco. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was a different one for us. Yeah, we were over in Auburn. You guys have done some cool gigs. I mean, you've cooked for, <laughs> yeah. well, let's just say it, billionaires. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, um, we, we fell in love at one of the local billionaires' houses. So we worked together well before we um, decided to get married. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was two years ago. Two summers, um, two ago, summers yeah. ago. So uh, we um, yeah, we were working for um, well, it was it's it's the west side of Canandaigua Lake, about halfway down. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Are we area. saying it or not saying it? Yeah, well, you can say you can it. Say we worked for uh, we worked for Richard Sands, Richard and <laughs> I Jennifer was Sands. Say, there's only a couple billionaires. Right? Yeah, yeah. I oh, you got this three. is a moment. You oh. got Leo is uh, we're sitting Leo's in my front yard for anyone if, who doesn't figured it out yet. The and man Leo the is in the window. There he is. Oh, there he is. Hi, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hi, sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, look at that guy. <laughs> Hopefully he'll come out and yes. say hello at some point. Boy, he looks like his daddy. Oh, he sure does. Does he look like me a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like he looks exactly like his mom, and I keep on... No. And then everyone I say that to, I keep saying, like, doesn't he look just look like his mom? And, and people say, they say yes, and I keep on fishing for people to say that he looks a little bit like me, but... <laughs> oh, no, he's got no, you. He he's got you all he's over got him. some of me there? That window's yeah. a little bit... Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't push too hard, buddy. <laughs> right? Stay right there. Yeah. My goodness. Oh, anyway, so you, so yeah. you cook for this. Well, when I said a local billionaire, I think, how many billionaires do we have locally? Two? I'm figuring, I, three? I got three, three right now. Three? We got three. a Galasano, we got well, a Wegman, and we four. got a... Oh, wait. I, oh, jeez. Holy cow, I forgot the Um... There's brothers. Yeah, so you got the brothers. You got you got brothers. Rob and Richard. Rob sure. and Richard. Um, and then you got Danny. You got Galasano. Sure. Um, 
There's probably a few. I don't, boy, I don't know. Is that is that well, a we high? got a, we got a lot of multimillionaires. A lot of lot of multimillionaires. If you're winners. a billionaire out there and we haven't mentioned your name, please you call us. You go ahead us. and give us a call, <laughs> and you straighten us out. We'll, uh, and by the way, I'll put you on the podcast next week to explain to us exactly, exactly uh, all the yeah. billion reasons that you're mad at us. Anyway, yeah. so you you were you were cooking at the Sands House when you actually fell in love? Yeah, we did. Nice. We um, so I had I had taken the the contract for the summer. And uh, I needed an assistant, and and Laura and I also work. Uh, well, we're, we've been I've been a culinary instructor for ten years, uh, and we we still do that. We're actually um, we're working on something on the west side, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, but uh, we met because I needed an assistant for the week that I was working at their house. And yeah, it was you say you took a contract. Can you yeah. explain what is it? Did did, did they so kind of put out like calls a? You. <laughs> do they <laughs> do they put out like a bid for? We're looking for a private chef for the week, and then uh, people bid on the gig. Um, yeah, well, it, it goes a couple of ways. A lot of the times, this is through this is through channels that don't require any advertising. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they make a couple phone calls. Um, you know the the entities in the region play is like New York Kitchen. There's chefs there that are used to operating at you know at a different level, uh, and that's not to that's not to disparage or uh, you know. Um uh, you know, talk about crap about anybody that works in a restaurant. But as as an instructor, you're used to being in front of people all the time. So yeah. you're not just running a kitchen; you're yeah. teaching people. Sure. So there's a certain personality that comes with that. People and that work in restaurants tend to work there because they like to they, not be. They, in the they want to focus on the food. Well, right. A lot of chefs yeah. they never come out of the kitchen all night, right? Uh, I mean, sure. They're, so sure. they're in there. They're only talking to a few people all night. That's right. Well, but and 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 I would say that was that's absolutely eighty percent true. 10 years ago but what's amazing and so I'm kind of a transplant uh, from the Finger Lakes to Rochester now Spencerport but I have to say that the chefs in Rochester are probably some of the most uh, community active chefs I've seen mm-hmm. I mean it's and, and it Maybe it's the timing of the pandemic and all that, mm. but I mean, there you know there are a ton of great chefs. Some doing of them have become little local celebrities. Exactly, honestly, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, it's it's really impressive to see that because for many years, chefs never came out of the kitchen, yeah. and they were kind of grouchy, yeah. and you know, and they, you know, and they swore a lot. That's still and they're always bitching about the owner, right? Exactly. Is that exactly. a big thing? Yeah. Chef versus owner. Yeah. If if you want a true interpretation of a chef's life, watch the movie. Chef. Oh, that's right. Uh, it, it's yes. He's divorced. He doesn't see his kid enough. He's got big dreams of running his own place, but he's still cowtowing to the boss. And yeah. then he blows up at the local critic. And yep, the, sounds yeah, about right. The critic. But isn't there a scene right at the beginning of that movie where him and the owner are arguing oh, over yeah. the menu? Oh yeah, because he wants this menu, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. owner's like, "You got to be crazy. That menu is exactly. way out of yeah. You're going to keep <laughs> cooking the hits. You're going to cook the same stuff you've been cooking for 20 years. It's yeah. the last thing a chef ever wants to hear. Right? Yeah. That's no. 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 Right. Absolutely not. You guys are artists. You're it's, artists. It's, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we we were cooking there, and we um, kind of just fell for each other. You know, we oh. were in the kitchen. Oh, geez, where were they? One Twelve of hour the days. Kitchens. I was going to say yeah. one of he the kitchens. He had five kitchens. Well, Get because he has five houses on the compound. Right. Um, oh, it's a compound. It's a compound. It's five yes. separate. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice. Wow. Very nice. And what I what we found fascinating. To skip over all the, the, the I mean, because we could talk about food all day with this stuff and, and the food they eat, which is, is fascinating. It's as normal as it gets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they're people. still just people. I oh, mean, gosh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. So what was in their fridge? Like, did they have like ham and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there, yes. There always had to be, uh, there had to be uh, sandwich meat, deli meat, things like that. Oh, so you're in charge of the whole fridge for the uh, whole well, week. No, no, well, or, in yeah. charge, meaning the um, the house manager gives you a list and says, ah. make sure these are in the fridge. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what's fascinating about houses like that is they always have one fridge solely for drinks. 
you know, and and it's there and it's accessible for everybody. And you open it up, and it's the Willy Wonka's of sodas, and yeah. and it's just you know. And then there's the other fridge for the beer, the other fridge for the wine. Yeah. And um, but the fridge, you know, a lot of fresh fruit, um, a lot of uh, lettuce, and you know, and and just a Hummus. pretty, yeah, pretty standard. Okay. You know what I would consider relatively normal. And I mean, like the dinners were. Pasta and meatballs, uh, you know, but pasta is really? from scratch. And, uh, yeah. you know, we did uh, we did some. <laughs> so I think the favorite dish, though, was probably uh, something that I had nothing to do with. <laughs> so we did a, we did a barbecue. We, I, I did an 18 hour smoke on a 16 pound beef brisket. Nice. Right, it took me a day and a half to plan. And I was so proud of this monster piece of meat. And along with it, we had some other stuff, and there was some steak. And this um, was Fourth of July. Yeah, this was Fourth of July for Richard Sands yeah. and his family. And um, and we we had the uh, the smoked meat. We had a bunch of side dishes, including this corn casserole. This this corn casserole that Laura, I I, I said Laura, it's got flour in it. It's all yours. Mm-hmm. Take care of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this cornbread casserole is, and it's become relatively famous since then. Yeah. Uh, what's what's in this? monstrosity well i don't know if i really want to well okay just feel the recipe yeah just just so uh, let's say um you can buy it all in aisle 11 at top (laughs) oh it was out of a box (laughs) okay uh and there's a few part of it is uh, i like to call it semi-homemade and this is you know this is how a lot of people cook is the semi-homemade thing and this totally works this is a good method it's It's a method we teach it's good and if it's good why not use it but I, I, I had a the, the brisket alone cost $85 I had 18 hours of labor and smoke time into this thing this was a $900 piece of meat mm-hmm. right I present it <laughs> I tell them the story and we're standing in the kitchen and we wait and we plates are starting to come back and they're all cleaned and everything's good and, and uh, Richard comes in and goes out to the deck and up comes his wife Jennifer who's, who's absolutely delightful and she comes into the kitchen and as, as typical she would thank us for cooking dinner that night and she says but I just have to know what was in that casserole (laughs) and so laura explained that it was uh, a recipe that she had used for a long time and that she would be happy to give jennifer the recipe and jennifer said oh absolutely and then would would jennifer say well she said yeah that would be great but but really honestly laura if i want to have this casserole would you mind just coming over and cooking it for me (laughs) Uh uh-huh that was it that was it i love it yeah no pats on the back for the beef yeah, nothing. And they told me to take all the leftovers home. They're like, now you can go ahead and take the beef home. <laughs> now, it, initially, there were no leftovers of casserole. No. Oh. I, initially, I was like, wow, I just got nine pounds of smoked brisket. And then I thought, I just got nine pounds of my own smoked brisket back. This, something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even going to care about taking it off the bill, you know. But just normal people. Just, just totally, totally new. Everybody totally good normal. and everything. Yeah. And yet, you, don't you have a funny story, Laura, too, about uh, that week that happened during that week? Oh, let's see. Oh, a whole bunch of things oh. happened during that week. Where you were feeding him, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> that Jeffrey likes to tell that one. I, I love this story. We, uh, Jeffrey was getting ready, preparing. I don't know what we were cooking that day. That maybe oh, it was um, some kind of bulgogi. I think it might have been a Korean barbecue. Beef. It might have even been lunch because you were making a cheese board. I was making a cheese board, um, a little charcut, and Richard was kind of, you know, going back and forth on the phone because he he spends most of the day on the phone because he's working whether the family's there or not. And uh, he came over to me and he looks at the cheese board and he kind of gives me a little wink. So I take my chef's knife and I stab a piece of cheese and I (laughs) hand it over to him. And out of the corner of my eye, I see her stab the cheese. And in my head, I'm thinking, 
it's been fun working here. (laughs) You know, this will be our last day. We'll clean up after lunch and leave. And she points the knife at him, and I'm trying to sweep my leg behind me to kick her in the (laughs) shin really hard. And and I missed twice. She's just a little too far away. And next thing I know, he plucks the cheese off the tip of the chef's knife. This is a big knife. This is an eight-inch chef's knife. And he plucks it off, pops it in his mouth, and continues his phone conversation. Right. And then makes that give me another piece gesture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so she stabs another one and feeds him another piece of cheese while he's on the phone negotiating. It was the yacht deal. Oh, it was the yacht deal. That Favorite was deal. that was the, the the statement of the week was First words I ever and heard. And I of, quote Yeah, first if words you don't have at least hundred and fifty million dollars, there is no reason you should be looking at buying a yacht. <laughs> and then he hung up the phone. I wonder who he was lecturing. Maybe it was I one of his know. kids. I don't know if he has Maybe. older kids. Might have been. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it could be, but no, it was it was. Jeffrey it was and I just looked at each other like, well, there, that's why that, we don't have one. That sounds like the dad equivalent of like, you know, if you don't have $40, you shouldn't be going to the movies tonight. Yeah, exactly. You if know, you can't pay like your rent, don't Sands. be going to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. <laughs> if yeah. you're Sands, it's don't buy a yacht if you don't have $150 <laughs> you don't have a million right, you idiot, set you. aside. <laughs> but apparently that's why I don't own a yacht, because yeah. I, I don't own $140 million. So you guys do, you do these private gigs, right? Have you ever had anything go drastically wrong when you're doing a gig oh man you know i'm leading you into a story you that i already are. know oh and i got <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories I just because m- i like knowing that i'm not the only person who fucks things up well you know in in the chef field you have to absolutely exude confidence at all time because if you crumble everybody around you just goes oh well that's it it's all over we're all dead you have to act like you, everything's fine everything's all the fine time. right inside yeah. it might be a squirrel in traffic on the outside cool as a cucumber well you know what What just to go offshoot of that is this week in our class we had actually several people <laughs> set fires oh yeah yeah they ignited their olive At oil New York kitchen four yeah. foot fires and instead of going oh my god you just calmly stomp over there and put it out shake the pan it usually goes right back out but there is like I mean at least I feel it do you have yeah. a no shit for a second oh man oh yeah because I'm not thinking I don't think they're going to set the place on fire like i understand that's somewhat yeah. contained but i'm worried they're gonna singe like their well, face and, or something and, you know and that's the thing is is it's especially in the kitchen it's a dangerous area and, yeah. and especially when we're doing classes uh whether it's at new york kitchen or one of the other places you got to be on top of things you yeah. absolutely do i know what story you're alluding to uh, holly yes. yes but we have a better story and i'm not sure you know this one i, I would love to hear one that i don't know it's the uh it's the cowboy rib story Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never told this to anybody. I don't think you did. All right. Oh. It might get us in trouble, but it's, uh, I don't care. So it, so it, it all happened. It's all real. Names will be I left out. I just have to preface it by saying, in the end, Jeffrey came walking into the kitchen. His hair was all I mean, just all over the place. His eyebrows were singed off, Uh, and he had this black smoke across his cheek, and he's going, everything's okay. It's all good. Here, we got to carve this meat. Lost all my arm hair. I had bald arms for nearly a month. So, and you got to paint the whole picture here. Um, We occasionally, uh, you know, we don't know our clients, right? They call us and they say we like a dinner and I get them on the phone and, uh, you know, Google their address and, you know, get the deposit, but we don't know them. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what their party is going to be like. <laughs> it's just a party. And right? there are ranges of parties. There oh, are ranges there are of parties. parties. Around, lightly speaking to each other and uh-huh, other yeah. people have ragers. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the other group. Um, we, um, 
ended up at a house um, <laughs> within 100 miles of Rochester. And when we got there, it was a younger couple, probably in their mid-30s, affluent, nice house, showed us to the kitchen, showed us around, said, whatever you need, make yourself at home. And kept telling us, mind you, we want you to relax. Just relax. We want you to yourself. relax and enjoy yourself. Mm. Uh-huh. So um, so we're doing our thing, and, and the, this will spin back around to the, the beef rib story in a sec. Um, but... Um, we're, there's just a vibe in the place, right? It's a little too opulent. It's a little too, I don't know. It's just, it's crisp. And I, I ask to be shown where we're going to do service for dinner. And they walk me into this room. And in this room, there's a large book of artwork. This is a full-size professional fine it's art like three feet. manual. It's a big book. Opened up on what was clearly its designated supporter. And it was turned to a page that was marginally erotic, Okay. Mm, okay. Classic, but marginally erotic. Okay. Now me, being nosy, turn the page. That one wasn't marginally erotic. <laughs> that was straight up erotic. So I put the page back, and I went back in the kitchen, and I said, Laura, when you get a minute, go in the dining room and look at the book. <laughs> and, uh, and she went in and flipped through it and said, oh, my God. Said, Did you put the book back? Yeah, the book's back. Okay. All right, back to work. Um, <laughs> Fifteen minutes after this happened, the... The mistress of the house comes down the stairs <laughs> and says, chef, chef, excuse me, chef. Laura's standing, you know, eight feet right away from there. me. Chef, could you give me your opinion? Can you tell I don't have a bra on under this shirt? Honest to God. And I said, Laura, what do you think? <laughs> that was went, smart, by the way. That was good thinking right, right on the spot. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, because between you and I. <laughs> I mean, you knew the answer to the question. I did know the answer. Well, you got it. You got to defer. You did it right. Yeah. It very no, well. Was, Laura, handle right? that. You were not married yet. No, we were not married. Well, so you, were, you had to play it even more. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> don't, don't move the eyes askew. <laughs> and so um, that that was that part of the evening. Um, as as the, the night progressed, the gathering grew larger, louder, and started breaking off it was into friendly. various areas of the home. Get okay. out of here. You were a chef for one of those? Yeah, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, we, and we have a... Yeah. We have it keeps going. For you. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. So here's the thing. So, all right. So that's going on around us. We are not participating. Um, we are just doing our thing. Now, for their meal, they wanted tomahawk ribs. Now, a lot of people have seen tomahawk steaks. Yeah, like uh, Nosh is famous for the big, right. giant yep. tomahawk. Yeah. Now, they, they get larger. Um, this had a 31-inch rib bone. Oh, and the, the roast on the end of it was six pounds. Damn. And it was all of the rib meat as well. So it wasn't just a French bone. All of the rib meat was there, and the rib roast was a six-pound roast. Did you ever watch the Flintstones? Yeah. That, you see them chuck like, that big that thing up on the... On the car. <laughs> it was like one of those? Oh, yeah. One of those. And there were three of them. Wow. So I sous vide these things for... 36 hours because it needed i mean you what do you sous vide those in a bathtub uh no you? we we actually had to go to four yeah. different stores to find an igloo cooler oh. that was large enough so that we could cut it so yeah and so yeah so we could notch the cooler and ruin 50 bucks to cook these things uh, but so they're in big cryovac bags they've been sous vide 36 hours they're loaded with liquid beef fat yeah okay now they have to be <laughs> seared on the grill okay one rib at a time on this grill. Now, you had a very nice grill. Large. You're Beautiful the yard. This, right? Very nice. Very nice. Had a very nice grill. Okay. 
<laughs> uh, get the grill fired up. It's clean. It's got a little uh, little uh, gazebo cupola thing over it, and uh, I get the grill fired. Fairy up. lights. And uh, got one of the the you know the Flintstone ribs. I flap that thing on the grill. Tons of salt and pepper, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I'm searing it, and it's good. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put the second one on. Nothing crazy is going on yet. All right, good. All right, so I flip them. I flip them, and a, a criti- critical mistake. I stepped away from the grill. <laughs> oh, boy. Wanted to run the dirty sheet pan back in the house so I could get a clean sheet pan. Yeah. It was in the house, up a flight of stairs, into the kitchen, back down. I do that. As I'm descending the stairs, I'm like... <laughs> Something smells funny. Oh, boy. Something's burning. <laughs> and I look at the grill, and it now looks like Satan's fireplace. <laughs> okay? Basically, all of the beef tallow has been dripping onto the flames of the grill, and it's fully engulfed. Oh, my okay? God. Okay? Now, the grill is fully engulfed. The gazebo hasn't been damaged yet. Okay? <laughs> I have a pair of tongs. And a kitchen towel, because that's all I'm usually armed with. I have to reach into the flames oh. to remove the meat. Because we can't ruin right? the meat. Yeah, that's God first sake. priority. Yes, yeah, save the food. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, arm hair be damned. Skin be damned. <laughs> yeah. Save the food. So the problem is, is as I crack the lid on the grill, it oxygenates. Uh. And whoosh, now it's now it's going. Now we've got an issue. Now we right? got the gazebo as well. Yeah, or and what? so, yeah. well, we've melted the fairy lights. Oh. Okay. <laughs> the wood is starting to darken. I remove one. I almost drop the damn thing on the ground. Remove the other, stack them on top of each other, slam the lid down, and cut the gas propane. And just stand there, dealing with, you know, burned arms and no face hair. And get the fire. It, it burns out pretty quick. Once, once the fuel's gone, it's, it's done pretty quick. Um, now, in retrospect, why I didn't just shut the propane off, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I was a little panicky. Yeah, uh, you'll panic in those situations. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Right? Nobody was around, so it was okay. So it was just right. me out back, and they're all inside doing whatever their swinging duties are. And uh, I lug the meat in the house. I carry it up the steps. I'm absolutely train wrecked at this point. And I walk into the <laughs> kitchen, and Laura is like, what the hell happened? I said, everything is fine. It's all good. Don't even worry about it. I'll tell you about it later. And we went ahead, and we finished the night and finished the party and cooked everything. You have to, at some point, break the news. Yeah, I told the guy that, you know. Like, I, like I right said during the dinner, or? No, no, like, Afterwards, I said, we had a little bit of a flare-up on the grill. Um, I, it kind of kicked up a little bit, so I think maybe you might have, you know, I might have melted your lights, but structurally everything's okay. And so you just talk them down, you know, like, yeah, yeah it was, you know, it's like after the turbulence on the flight, the captain comes on, he's like, ah, you know, no everything's going to be no just fine. Deal. They yeah. never asked us back. Yeah, we uh, we didn't get another call. No. And then um, and then he says, well, let's go take out a look. Go, yeah. Let's go take a look. You're like, not a big deal. You look at it no, tomorrow. It's all good. We'll, um, <laughs> yeah, can you pay the, you just going to pay the bill now uh, before you look at that down there? Um, but, uh, you know, the, the the meat worked out, and it was a great party. And, was uh, yeah. was she or was she not wearing a bra? I, it was just the part of the story that <laughs> I got. She was not wearing a bra. She was not bra. wearing a bra. Didn't sound like it. She was, uh, she was you, you know, a petite woman. So. Tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Tiny little thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does trump the other story. The other story, <laughs> the hog story. that I had, which, which if you don't mind, you can tell that one quickly. Just oh, the, yeah. The, okay. Well, so yeah. uh, doing a luau pig. Yeah. Right, dig a hole in the ground. Burn a bunch of wood. Top it with, we you know, normally it would be banana leaves. We use cabbage leaves up here. Um, wrap the, you know, season the hog, stuff it with pineapples, lower the hog into the ground inside a wire mesh cage. Okay. Simple. Seal it over nice and tight. Put some rocks on it. Come back in 18 hours. It's done. Now, in Jeffrey's defense, he did not dig that hole. Well, yeah. And, and you know, and, and through, through no fault of mine or the individual that dug the hole, uh, my 
hole ventilated. Uh, Wait, that sounds awkward. Wait, um, <laughs> <laughs> mine does that all the time. Your holes ventilated. Yeah, actually, my hole is ventilating a lot. And my wife said you gotta go sleep in the other room. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, what happened is we had a cave-in on one end of the the pit, uh, which basically then turned it into a jet engine uh, fueled by pork fat. Uh, and uh, so I got so this was what put was in it at about four thirty in the morning. Yeah. The so I, I put it in the ground the night before around. I don't know, five, I guess, sealed it all up and said, all right, we'll be back tomorrow. And then it just kind of percolates. About 4.30 the next morning, I get a photograph from uh, an individual that was on site, the owner of the property, says, is this normal? And there is this jet black plume of smoke, looks like diesel exhaust coming out of the ground. And uh, I texted him back and said, I'll be right there. And it was 20 minutes away. Uh, So I mashed uh, mashed gas over there. And uh, you once as soon as I got out of my car, I'm like... Pork fat. Pork fat's on fire. Yeah. And sure enough, we pulled it out of the ground. Bone. The entire Pork thing. Pork bone's on fire. <laughs> well, it had disintegrated. There wasn't even any bone structure left. The only thing that was left, the head was gone. Everything was gone. There was a little bit of the hip bone left. Everything else went up just like, you know, some spontaneous combustion thing. It was, $500. Yeah. Oh. $500. Well, and, you know, the good news is dinner went off. Everything got saved. I ran to the well, restaurant depot, bought eight pork shoulders, roasted them off. Good. Everybody loved it. When you hire you guys, everything's included, right? Like the food cost, you work that in? Yeah. 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 So you, the price you give me is going to include yep. everything i just yeah i just wait for you to show up exactly That's and, right. and you know i i always price it what's what's fun about our pricing structure is it's what you're going to pay to go out to dinner um you mm-hmm. know our our classes whether they're interactive because we do interactive stuff like we can come over and hang out in the kitchen and make pasta together mm-hmm. or you can go sit on the back porch and drink wine while i make pasta mm-hmm. you know so and, and it's the same price either way there's no charge more because i'm talking to you kind of thing occasionally mm-hmm. you'll have a friend or a guest that will come and wander into the kitchen and ask questions and maybe they want to help and that's perfectly fine yeah, as well absolutely that's cool. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know it's it's one price and I always break it down to a per person price like uh, yeah that's you know, the best way to do yep, it yep and that yeah. way you know because sometimes we'll do these dinners and they're they're collaborative dinners so uh, everybody that's coming is just paying their share mm-hmm. and so we let everybody know hey it's going to cost you you know um, it's going to cost you 120 bucks for both of you but we're going to give you four courses what are the requirements regarding the actual like structure of the home I mean because because you know obviously not everyone is the same uh, right so like right. I, yeah. I'd like to hear from my house but my kitchen doesn't look like Richard Sands kitchen nope you know what and and there's been in the past two weeks just these past two weeks we have worked in some very modest kitchens and when i mean modest what i mean is two weeks ago we did a wedding for uh 14 it was a three course with hors d'oeuvres and it was um you know it was the traditional two bay steel sink it was um uh about 15 feet of countertop and it was like for just for mica yeah. uh, with cabinets that went in in the 70s and were Very painted modest. white and then at one end there was a stove and yep. then I had access to where the washer and dryer were, so I could set up a little equipment out there. It's very modest. I mean, so and so it's all good. You absolutely made it modest. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then last last weekend, this this big Japanese and in, in uh, Latin <laughs> tasting dinner we did. It was uh, it was an Airbnb, but I'm pretty sure it was a house that uh, maybe Grandma left to one of the kids, and they just said we're going to keep Grandma's house and we're just going to Airbnb it. Oh. And that's what they did. So, you know, you go in and it's still the subway tile on the kitchen and it's the countertops that are wrapped with that little strip of stainless steel, uh, whatever. All we need, we need four burners, one oven, uh, some water, 
and some place to set up two cutting boards and a and, fridge that and has a fridge and a fridge with some space. Some yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's it. I mean, you know, we do all the grocery shopping. Once we decide on the menu, we do all the shopping. That's all included in the price, and it's not it's not. Um, you know, I just want to clarify something because I said 120 for the two of you. I guess what I should say is it's it's 60 dollars a person yeah. to get you know a four course meal. Yeah. It's not that it's yeah. not that expensive. But obviously, it depends on the food they want. Oh sure, yeah yeah, 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 and I like to use. You know, fifty is is low end. Uh, yeah. Fifty dollars a person is is kind of the low end, and then you know we can go anywhere you want to go with. Yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to be honest, we're 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 normal people. I mean, we yeah. don't live in you know a kitchen that looks like New York oh, kitchen. Um, so so yeah. it doesn't matter what your kitchen looks like. And quite honestly, the smaller kitchens are so much easier to work in. Hmm. I've been in. We've yeah. been in some houses. Some uh, big kitchens. And and they're not they're not functionally set up. So you're taking twelve steps every time you need to throw something away. Sure. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. exhausted so, by that. So, so I yeah. yeah, all we need is uh, we need six feet of space, and we're yeah. right. Yeah. So tell me about what what is your? Am I allowed to ask the signature? Do you have a signature? Or are you just good at everything? Good questions for both of you. Um, or is there a thing that you know your life depends on it tonight? Well, no. I you know what are the, you going? To? The best thing about being instructors is that we're. You can do it all broad based, right? Yeah. I mean, what what Laura would what wouldn't you well, take on in the pastry Je- world? Jeffrey Jeffrey is a culinary rain man. That's what I like to call him. <laughs> he really is. He, yeah, uh, definitely. He reads. Definitely. He reads. Well, he's got a collection of cookbooks that is uh, upwards of seven thousand cookbooks. And, and they go back how how and, long? And, uh, my oldest is eighteen fourteen. Eighteen right? And he has read them all. <laughs> I love them. And when he reads something, he remembers it. I mean, it it's like sticks. a steel door. I, me, no way. What does an 1814 recipe look like? You know, <laughs> you want you want a four sentence recipe for chicken from 1814. From 1814, yeah. I memorized it because it's a great example. I told you, yeah. Rain Man over um, here. Uh, okay, uh, four sentences. First sentence: Catch and kill a young chicken. <laughs> <laughs> then, second sentence: Prepare the chicken. And what that means is get the feathers and take the beak off and lose the toenails. Oh, Prepare in, in the culinary world means get rid of anything you're not going to eat. Okay. Right? Uh, season the chicken. Okay. So they take for granted you're going to use salt. You can just use salt. If you've never just roasted a chicken with salt, try it. It's delicious. But this is where modern recipes are flaky because they're like a quarter teaspoon of this and a half a cup of that. And this, no, just season the damn chicken. Just make it taste like something. Yeah. And then place the chicken in a moderate oven until cooked through. <laughs> That's the four sentence recipe for roast chicken. How did they know chick- chicken was cooked through before uh, thermometers? Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> if we live by the temperature, we die by the temperature. Think, <laughs> think of literally that. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> think of that perfect chicken, right? That golden crispiness. The liquid that's running out is nice and clear. Skin's kind of crispy. A lot of flexi- flexibleness in the joint. The meat's kind of firm. That means the chicken's done. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so you you learn the other reasons. Cookbooks were originally written for people who can cook. Right, cookbooks now are written for people who can read. Got right, it, got it. so yeah. they they over-explain everything because uh, people don't have that internal terminology memorized. Right. Now, Laura, the difference between baking and cooking, I've always understood. And tell me if my maybe my understanding is just way too simple, but I've always understood cooking to almost be. I'm going to say a little easier because you can just kind of on on the road to whatever you're making, you can adjust. It on is. A, you can turn on a dime, right? You're, you're right, Paul. But, you're and right. Baking is like really specific. It's and specific to the point where we literally weigh yeah. our ingredients versus um, a handful of this and a you know a pinch of that. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you really and, don't. And, but if you make a mistake, 
it's trouble. But if you make a mistake, Sheffrey, fix it on the fly. You can just fix it on the fly, right? Right. There's yeah. no yeah. mistakes really in cooking, is there? No, just no, happy just uh, habit, just new recipes. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna steal that from Bob Ross. <laughs> new recipes. So, Laura, so do you think at the end of the day, what is it about baking that really like you get, like that gets you, or what is it that grabbed you? You know, I I like to say that um, you know. If we know how to bake, our life is much sweeter. Um, and that's like, there's a lot of little uh, little sayings like that that I could spew out here. But quite honestly, baking makes people happy. Yes. Eating sweets and watching people enjoy them is, is, is all there is to it for me. I, I just, I love it. Would you like me to start eating that cheesecake? I in would front absolutely of you? love to watch <laughs> you inhale that cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, the problem is we have to get those out of the house because it's just Laura and I at the house, and so you know, it's, oh, I'll have a little piece. Oh, I'll have another little piece. Do chefs at home eat gourmet dinners every night, or are there some nights where you are putting uh, mac and cheese <laughs> together? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and and you know, I'm and I tell everybody this. One of the things that I, you hear a lot as a chef is, oh, I don't cook like you, or I don't eat like you, and it's like, look. You know, um, whatever you may do for a living, I don't do that like you do either, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get paid to cook f- food that people order. Uh, it doesn't mean I like the food. It's just what I have to cook. Yeah. So at home, I mean, I don't know. I, I eat a lot. Of, I love uh, I love fish. I eat a lot of fish. We eat a lot of chicken. Yeah, um, yeah we do. You know, we don't, uh, we don't do... Uh, we're not real carb heavy, you know, I, we try to stay away from that. Tons of veggies, a lot of stir fries, a lot of quick prep, but where it's different for, for me anyway, and I, I could probably speak for, for other chefs maybe as well, is we have a tendency to make the flavor profiles bigger. So it might be a hamburger, but it's seasoned six different ways and it's got, you know, something on top right, of it that, right. that I had in the fridge because I found it at the Korean market. You know what I mean? Not everybody has a pantry with Asian yeah, you know, yeah, flavors like, in it. I, I'm, I'm huge into Asian cuisine. Uh, Korean and Vietnamese particularly and Japanese because, I mean, they have 3,000 years ahead of us in flavor development. So I, I I personally really enjoy those flavors. So we cook a lot of food that has a lot of those flavor profiles. What about what yeah, about you? That's true. That's yeah, true. Mean, and we t- we talked last night in class that uh, you were asking me what my favorite store bought dessert was. Yeah. And I really don't have one. Oh my God, that's right. You I mean- <laughs> said something last night. I'm telling you, Laura is the only human being alive. I'm willing to go on the record as saying who doesn't like Oreos. You know, they stick in your teeth and they, they make you, I mean, I don't know. They happy. Just, they make you happy, Maybe they do, but <laughs> they, I don't drink milk either. Well, and they so are I milk's imagine favorite. that's probably what yeah. I'm missing. Well, and see, yeah. So what's interesting is Laura and I it have different tastes. Um, like, I love milk, right? Yeah. And the best part about being the only person in the home that drinks the milk is I never have to use a glass. What's the best milk around Rochester? Uh, well, I mean, Pittsford. You like you know, Pittsburgh dairy? I love Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, I like burned dairy as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Upstate Farms is good. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know. Well, so the, the Pittsburgh dairy, of course, is is fantastic. Oh, sure. Oh, their chocolate milk a, is phenomenal. Oh, it's uh, unbelievable. Okay. It's like a milkshake, right? It is. Uh, but there is this creamery that comes to the Brighton Market, which is uh, really? a quarter mile from where we sit right now, uh, called First Light Creamery. Oh, sure. Do you know First Light yeah, Creamery? I do. Yeah. And their whole milk is like... Oh wow! Out of this world, really? It is $10 a gallon. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Yes. I wonder what their fat content. That is. would be it. That that's a five dollar a day. The fat. It's just <laughs> all. It's all. That's yeah. a five dollar a day that's habit for me. Heavy cream, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You whip that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So anyway, that was uh, that. The okay. first light. If you ever get a chance, first I'll, light. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I've had their cheeses. I didn't know they just sold milk. I thought they they, just they did do cheese. milk at the yeah. The yeah that's killer. Yeah. We'll have to come out to this market. We really don't. Brighton Market is a wonderful market. And Brighton Market, and I shouldn't even honestly give it a good review. 
because to be honest with you, uh, they're mad at I get mad at them. Okay, they're not they're not mad at me. I'm more mad at them. Uh, the story in a nutshell. I've never told this publicly either. Is I uh, apply to get in every year sure. and I get denied every year. Huh. And in the past, it was always well, you don't make your own sauce. You contract manufacture your <laughs> sauce <laughs> because I used a co-packer. Which right. for anyone who doesn't know what that means, basically you uh, hand your recipes over to a factory that can then replicate oh, your recipes. Oh, sure. handmade. Has to be handmade. Ah. So back in um, like February of this year when the applications were due, I wrote and applied and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you a giant secret. Yeah, in about right. two months, I am leaving my career and I am purchasing the factory where my sauce is made. Yeah. And I will now be absolutely making my own sauce. Yeah. And to their credit, they kept it a secret because I was telling that to a complete stranger and that was very much so a secret. Sure. Right. They still said no. Wow. And again, what? They, she said she brought it to the board. Yeah. And she and the farmers on the board just weren't sure where I was getting my ingredients, and therefore no. it was another deny. Okay. And um, I don't know, but uh, then, yeah, you yeah. know, because then I walked through that market, and uh, but the thing that's great about that market is ninety nine percent of the time you walk up to a table, and the person you're talking to has created the thing. Yeah, that's that, right. at the yeah. table they're selling. That's, right. that's the best. But there are a few exceptions sure. throughout that market that I spot. I got. And I'm you. like, wait a minute, what about yeah. that? Right. That's yeah. not something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've we've got a market near us, and it's. I mean, there's. I think. There's maybe two, maybe three actual farms there. The rest are just resellers. They got yeah. stickers you know. on the still veggies. Stickers. You know? Come on. Yeah. Come on. You yeah. can't take your stickers off. Yeah. Well, that was where Brighton saw the uh, the opportunity maybe to like uh, become the cool market because mm-hmm. Rochester Public Market started yeah. getting that reputation of right. being the market that was all resale. Yep. Well, there that's what it is. It's yeah. restaurant uh, beautiful, leftovers. Beautiful upstate New York pineapple. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's right. Beautiful. That's, that's right. right. From the Adirondacks. So what? What is your go-to junk food, though? I mean, chefs got to eat crappy food once in a while too, right? You know, I'm a sandwich guy. Sandwich guy. I, you know, if I can turn it into a sandwich, <laughs> I mean, I bought some hot peppers. I uh, bought some uh, some long Italian peppers the last week at the market because I knew they were local, and I roasted them yesterday. And uh, last night's snack was hot pepper, uh, roasted peppers with red onion and mayonnaise. Um, I love a good sandwich. Well, my my grandfather used to do just oil and peppers yep. and throw it in between a couple pieces of bread. And Absolutely. Yeah. That was his snack. So I'm going to tell you something else. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think I have this on me. Let me just look. Oh. Last night, I, I went home and in preparation of this uh podcast yeah. I was looking at the bounty you left for us after our class oh, yeah. and you gave me some of your pizza sauce which I haven't tried I yet right so I'm very yeah. excited about that yeah. and I thought hmm Maybe I'm going to try a little something. So this past weekend when we were over on Owasco Lake, we ate at a great little restaurant, had the most amazing uh, hot tomato oil. Have you had these? The oh, hot tomato oil? so yeah. good. Yes, I know hot tomato Can oil Can we very say well. the name of the yeah. restaurant? What's yeah. that? Oh, it was um, Mar- Maro's, uh, Maro's Kitchen. Maro's Kitchen in, in Skinny, uh, Skinny Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we I had, actually have the ingredients in my house right now to make hot tomato oil tomorrow. Do oh, you? Yeah. So good. well, I'll tell you what I did. I took your pizza sauce. Oh. I took some olive oil, oh. some garlic, and uh, some Parmesan cheese. And the ratio, I think it was it was half a cup of uh, your sauce, and then a quarter cup of both uh, the oil and the parm and the uh, uh, the uh, garlic. Crushed up the garlic, mixed that together, made the most amazing hot tomato oil. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Good. It was great. I oh, ate that flattered. with a piece of the Italian bread I took home. Yeah. So, yeah, a quick, uh, quick flip of your sauce, had hot tomato oil all a- over again. Any junk food for you, Lord? Do you ever eat? Is there ever I don't, a time? You know yeah, what? Come on. Okay, I'm an ice cream person. Okay, yeah. come on. I, Just I, out with it. If I could go to bed with Ben and Jerry every single night of my life, I would be a happy woman. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh-huh. She'll be like, I'm. 
I'm I'm going to bed with Ben and Jerry. You can wait on the couch. <laughs> Do you know that moment when you're you you've started a pint of Ben and Jerry's oh, oh. and you oh, made it fight of mine <laughs> to the point where you know you should stop. Just stop. Yes. <laughs> but yes. before you know it, the whole scrape, thing's scrape, going. scrape, scrape, you scrape, know, scrape. Jeffrey has gone so far as to buy me baby spoons, so I eat them in in little tiny spoons, so it takes me longer to get to that yeah. point. And he'll come in every once in a while, and he'll be like. Uh, uh, baby girl, uh, you know, look in the inside of it. It's like, yeah, done uh, yet? And but th- <laughs> then there's just that point of no return. Uh, yes. You know, I, I, I've read the label on that thing. There's three servings in there, right? There's three. It's crazy. But, so once you get to half, just commit. Just commit. push, push and, through. And I do. I, I talk myself in and out of it the whole time the I'm whole eating. The whole time. It's yes. how much of this am I going to eat? Yeah. Right. And then you eventually have to come to terms with the fact that it's going to be the whole thing. It's gonna be, I'm going to feel who's, sick. Who's putting <laughs> half a scoop of ice cream back in the fridge? <laughs> no, yeah. Exactly. That's not yeah. enough for the next time, for I sure. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, and you're so right about the point of no return, too. There's a moment in the middle somewhere where you realize this is happening. Yeah. This right. is really happening. I, I feel like we may need to reach out to Ben and Jerry and go, y'all just need to put a mark halfway down that container so if you see the line just keep going how about yes. you just give me a small container with its own tops that i don't have to you know i can eat the whole thing oh i have a piece of food knowledge for you maybe you do or don't know this okay so uh and i think i told you a little bit about this last night but ben cohen one time ben of ben and jerry's okay. came to rochester it was All actually right. 2016 and he was campaigning for hillary clinton it was uh okay well he was actually in he was campaigning for taking money out of politics okay um so it was kind of for hillary clinton but it was generally it was just very a very liberal like okay so he came to town and the idea was you could interview ben he wanted to talk about this political platform of his but uh he would talk a little ben and jerry's but okay. he just had to make sure that you let him talk about the political stuff sure so i invited him up to me on the food show because i was like oh hell yes i want to talk sure. to ben of ben and jerry's yeah. my guy you kidding me i mean honestly like he was one of the biggest names i ever had on that show okay right there was there was sheffrey no, there was uh there was ben cohen <laughs> yeah rob sands <laughs> okay honestly. Oh, nice. uh you know and uh, tom galasano you know okay. was, uh, all right anyway uh, you know four of the best five uh yeah watch out i <laughs> yeah. might have just dropped a few names i don't want you to step on those uh anyway <laughs> uh, anyway, Ben Cohen, so the reason that they are small, why they did pints instead of gallons, is because when they first came out, they were f- they were f- hitting the same exact thing that I and so many other food entrepreneurs have hit, and that is a crowded marketplace. Ice cream was all already existed. They didn't sure. invent ice cream. Haagen-Dazs was the high-end ice cream. Right. That already existed. Right. And there just wasn't space for them. And uh, they eventually managed to get in by saying, what if we... What if we just do a pint? What if it's just right. a little one? And then you could fit it. It would, wouldn't, wouldn't take up quite as much space. And, and there wasn't line, physical space? It was actual physical there was freezer so space. Many. Ah, There's just so much ice cream. Yeah. That, and the stores are just pushing back on them saying, look, yeah. it's too expensive. We sure. already have an expensive one. And, uh, you know, and look, yeah. the space is all, it's all spoken for. So uh, Ben and Jerry's was basically able to get their line in, like their first few flavors or whatever. Right. So like four of those equals basically two gallons. Yep. So they right. were able to get more flavors in less space hmm. and create a line that way. Ah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So so. Yeah, that you know, for for me, the hunt with Ben and Jerry is find the flavors you haven't tried yet. Yeah, right. The yeah. ones that say new across yeah. the top. Yeah. So I normally do the shopping, and so I'll go to the grocery store and and you know pick up the prerequisite amount, and it's always yeah you can't repeat. Cause I feel like there's enough of them that you can you can cycle for a while without hitting oh, yeah. anything specific. Oh yeah, hitting it twice. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, how does somebody hire Chefry Life? 
Uh, you know what they do? They can go to the website, chefferylife.com, C-H-E-F-F-O-R-Y-L-I-F-E.com. You can find us on social media at the same Sheffrey Life. Um, I mean, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm a minimalist. I'm a minimalist cook. I use minimal equipment, and I use minimal communication methods. I, I have a phone in my pocket. Uh, the only thing on my business card is my phone number. It's 585-698-6578. You call me, you get me, or you text me, and, uh, and then we talk. And, you know, at this point, uh, things are still kind of jumping up and, and happening, you know, with these little weddings and uh, parties on the weekends, but still plenty of space for uh, things. Thanksgiving and the holidays and, and all that. And, yeah, I was uh, going to ask how far booked out are you? Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, some, September's got a few open holes. And then after that, heading into the, the you know October and the real fall, not a lot going on right now. Do you do yeah. weeknights? I mean, can, Oh, yeah, we'll do, do weeknights, weekends. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you want, now, if you want to explore, like, the technical side of things and you want to, you know, up your barbecue game, you can call us as well. And we'll come over, you know, Saturday at noon and get your grill fired up and show you how to use that. We do kitchen test drive. So if anybody's remodeling their kitchen and they want to see what their stove cool does, you know, we'll come in and we'll put a meal together right. and we'll show you how to use that all that. What about equipment. I buy a smoker? I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. Can oh, I hire yeah, Chef Free Life yeah. for the first lesson on yeah. what am I doing here? Well, and that whole time I was in radio from uh, from 90, 93 to 99. Uh, I was a competition barbecue chef as well. So I traveled up and down the East Coast, uh, ended up in Lake City, Florida at Hog Wild and Pig Crazy. I didn't win anything, but it was a ton of fun. I've heard this about barbecue. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is barbecue really just about understanding how to have full control over a fire? Full control over a fire, Full, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to even I'm going to make it even more simple than that because for all the uh, the barbecue traditionalists, you can send me hate mail on this. Um, <laughs> I'm all about uh, uh, utilizing technology. So as long as we're burning wood to get that smoke to get the flavor, uh, as far as I am concerned, barbecue is more about temperature control than than fire control. Okay. So if we can regulate the temperature and still apply the smoke. Um, we can heat it up with, you know, gas, propane, electric, whatever, as long as we're still smoking. Yeah. That's that's kind of the key for me anyway. But I, I look at food from a very technical standpoint. How do we get the end result we want? Not the tradition of how we get the result. How do we get the end result? We should also plug New York Kitchen. Yeah, a little bit for New York Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Come love, out to I mean, New we're, we're, we're down there. I've been knocking around there decade now i'm yep. pretty sure and yeah, i've been there uh, probably been there four, years four years now yeah um and uh yeah we we teach down there they've uh they've transitioned through COVID as well um you know we make our w- weekly appearance on thursday nights and and they've got a great team of uh oh, you guys do every thursday night um, we do we most, try yeah. we most you know that's kind of the night we have blocked out because obviously we do your class in there on thursday and and it just works for our schedule that we can teach on a thursday night uh and then roll into the weekend and do our events and things like that but um shameless shameless self-plug um Uh, you're gonna spill the the big news that i I haven't spilled yet online yeah i think we could spill it wait a second is this breaking news this This is is, this this doesn't come out till sunday so if you wanted to like oh perfect you could break the news tomorrow or something or fantastic yeah we well yeah Yeah. we're break we're, we're breaking it sunday Okay. So this is great. So uh, we have a partnership on the west side of, uh, of uh, Rochester, uh, west of Spencerport, just a little ways. Uh, what's the name of the farm? Spring, Springdale, Springdale Farms Farm. on Colby Farms. Road. Yep, on Colby Road. They have a um, community center with an amazing kitchen. Oh, it's beautiful. And so Laura and I are scheduling Tuesdays. Uh, we're going to start doing Tuesday classes at the farm. 
Great. Um, so uh, we're planning on 12 to 16 people. Uh, we're going to create some new subject matter, some stuff that we haven't done. Uh, you know, the stuff we've done with New York Kitchen is stuff. A lot of it was developed while I was the uh, director of education there. Awesome. Um, but we want to. We want new stuff. You know, I feel like everything needs to be refreshed a little bit because of what's been going on. So we're going to come up with some new teaching methods, some new subject matter. Oh yeah, we're going to have some uh, fun. Yeah, and Pasta Palooza is going to make an appearance over there. That's right. Uh, that's uh, actually our first class. That's going to be fun. So awesome. Well, go, congratulations. Thank you, you very guys. much. Thank yeah. you. It's a huge deal. Yeah. So Chef life you've got your home base and then you're traveling around cooking yep. for people and giving lessons i love that it's yep. not just a basically a catering business but right. also education based yeah i love that i could buy a smoker and i can hire you to come oh yeah literally sure. train me in person how to run that and smoker. all your friends yeah 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 and and, and you know the Will thing you drink with me though like oh, if we do absolutely like, let's say i want to do saturday i want to hire mm-hmm. you on a saturday afternoon to, t- to teach me how to use my smoker but i also have like a cooler of beer you'll uh, have a few absolutely yeah. happy to <laughs> right. yep yep uh i just stay away from the hard liquor while i'm cooking because those knives are sharp uh, <laughs> but beer is always welcome have you ever i mean you you chop obviously so easy and so it's been your life have you ever and i know you've 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 cooked tipsy before we all have mm-hmm. right have you ever been cooking before and thought to yourself like i better pay a little more attention uh-huh oh yeah <laughs> and usually it's at about midnight in my own damn kitchen it's like okay remember to turn the stove off yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah jeffrey's yeah. a late night chef I am. he'll I- get up out of bed go downstairs and just start Banging away at pans. Yeah, one o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. Usually, I'll wake up and you know, the, as as you know, anybody who's creative understands that you just it go com- with it. It comes when it comes, and you just and you know, and if that means you're going to get up at three a.m. and take a shower and then go downstairs and cook and then go back to bed at four thirty. You just oh, do it. Oh, the, yeah. me with my business, the same thing. Sure. Like, it, you know, it's sometimes it's 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and it's an hour and they're great ideas. These, and you yeah. just run right. with it. You get yeah. out of bed and you well, go to you your computer. You can't sleep at that point, right? You can't sleep at that point. But do you also have the opposite? Do you ever have the where you're just cold? Where uh-huh. it's just, I can't come up with any ideas. Uh, it's, I yeah, that's the right worst. Now. And, yes. you know, but, but luckily it's, for, for me, I can grab a cookbook and just start thumbing through it. Yeah. Or my favorite thing to do, oh, I to don't, spark the exactly. Yeah. I don't watch like so we don't have cable, so I don't watch the Food Network or the whatever. But what we do watch is um, the PBS Create Channel, yeah. and those are all very informational and and meant to be educational as well. So a lot of the times we'll turn that on, and Laura and I will just sit on the couch. It might be eleven o'clock at night. We've worked all day. We'll just sit there and stare at that. I, I was sharing a Jamie Oliver recipe with you yesterday. Right. That was an eleven o'clock session uh, a That's week or right. so ago, where we were just staring at the TV. You know, phones in the hand, just doing nothing, just staring at it. And on comes Jamie Oliver, and we uh, found a whole new recipe. Yeah. The most the the most fun we have though, and and you should probably come over and hang with us sometime when we're doing to. this. But we sit there and we watch these cooking shows, oh, and man. we just rip them apart. <laughs> it's it's like have you ever seen those shows where they're sitting on the couch and they're watching something together well, and they're just like well, mystery science yeah, theater, yeah, right, mystery right. science theater, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And we just <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's great. Nothing's more irritating than watching some show either, and it could be a commercial, which even bothers me more because the cooking show. If they're not holding their knife right or they're not doing something proper, I I'll let them go. They're stressed. You know, yeah, they're on a cooking yeah. show. But when you have a produced, developed commercial or movie, and and there's somebody who's a chef, mm-hmm. and they're holding their knife wrong. It's it drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> I, I want to start writing nasty letters to production companies and go. Listen, you could have called me. I would have charged you fifty bucks, and I would have sent you my five minute knife holding video. Yeah. 
done. Problem solved. Everybody's now smarter, right? But no, they don't do that. No. They don't and, do and they say things that just make no sense at all. Like we were sitting there one day and she's telling us how semolina flour was, was corn. Cornmeal. Cornmeal. You know, uh-huh. it, yeah. Yeah, it that is was, not. Yeah. Are there and, any celebrity chefs that you just think are awful? Well, I know you got some beef with Rachel Ray, don't you? Oh, I, I got beef with Rachel Ray, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a pass because she just lost her house and that sucks. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, oh, her house burned down in the Adirondacks about a week ago. Oh, She I lives up on that. what, Lake George or something, something and like yeah. burned straight through it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason Rachel Ray makes dog food. Okay, yeah. uh, that's all I can say, you know. Um, but uh, you know, and and I, I'll, I, you know, I'll sling a little mud. Um, a few years ago, I had the pleasure of uh, being the VIP contact for uh, Alex Gornishelli. And you see her on the Food Network. She judges a lot of the shows. She's done uh, some. She's certainly been on the shows, uh, and now she's more of the established celebrity who weighs in on the panel. I don't know. Maybe she was just having a bad day, but she was brutal all day. And her, you know, her uh, celebrity chefs don't typically do any other cooking. They have a team that follows them around and does all their prep. Yeah. And at some point, they sat down and wrote on the back of a napkin what the menu was, and then their chefs execute that. And that's that's fine. That's great. I have no problem with that. I, I'm a little jealous, right? I want that yeah. squad behind me. Yeah. Uh, but um, she was just she was pretty bitter individual and uh like i wanted to get a photo with her right oh and she starts every you know a couple of the chefs come over and they want to get a photo she starts talking shit what do you what what do you, what do you guys want a photo with me for i really don't want to take a photo it's just stupid you know and and it you know i don't know if she was you know the sipping the complimentary champagne in the limo or what but she was just kind of snarky just all miserable. day just miserable kind of grouchy oh. but man i'll tell you what as soon as she stepped in the room in front of the adoring crowd she lit up gone right yeah, yeah. yeah. well that's a celebrity right yeah well I that's mean, yeah right, right. Like, she just kicked it on well a few years ago i was actually on the Paula Deen show this was before all of this stuff she happened. Got in yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it was interesting because um, I had come with cookbooks ready to be signed, and we, we were there 12 hours through this taping, and she literally could not say hi to you wow. without the approval of the Food Network. Oh, my um, God. She could yeah. not do anything. They oh, had her so tied down i felt terrible well and, and i mean now especially with the emerging info on like the ellen show and all that stuff i mean i I've, i haven't done a whole lot of tv but i you know those those producers have a tendency to corral their commodities and yeah not let you access them so i you know with all that going on with with ellen and then knowing what it was like with paula dean and then you know seeing alex it's 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 kind of you know it's you have a tendency to be a fan. What about good experiences? Have you been around some celebrity chefs and you were like, that was amazing? Yeah, Nancy Fuller was was Yeah, was Nancy real. Fuller was, that was like, recent. Wasn't that yeah. just last year, right? She yeah. was the one, uh, yeah, she came to New York Kitchen. And we had a great time Farmhouse with her. Farmhouse Rules, I think, is yeah. Her, yeah. her show. Yeah, right. yeah and we, uh, we got to hang out with her. She actually was, um, uh, she fell in love with the uh, Parker House role that you developed. And ask you to send her the recipe. That's Remember right. That? She was. She's. Yeah, she said was she had been trying research her grandmother's Parker House roll recipes. So. Yeah, you yeah. found that. And we shipped that off. To that her. was fun. Can, can we talk about one last thing? And I swear I'll make this the last thing because because I think it's almost getting dark and and uh, I have to go for a walk with my family uh-huh. tonight or I'm going to get in trouble. We don't so. want. That. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, secret recipes. This is something kind of drives me crazy. I don't. All right. Have any secret recipes? No. 
at literally all my recipes, including all my commercial stuff. Sure. As you guys know this mm-hmm. to be a fact, I literally give out the recipes. Yes, you you do. certainly do. I now own a factory where people are constantly giving recipes. It's their intellectual property. Many of them want those recipes kept very proprietary. Secret, very proprietary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very, very secret. Yeah. And just to put them at ease, sometimes I will literally hand them the recipe right. to our marinara. Because to me, it, it's not about that. It, to me, right. it's about it's about like, isn't this awesome? Isn't this great? This yeah. is love. This is sauce. Right. This is how right. I make mine. Isn't this cool? Like I would, yeah. I could never imagine not sharing that with someone. You know? Okay, yeah. Paul, uh, I'll give you the casserole <laughs> recipe. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> now I feel ah, terrible. Yeah, right. no, 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 it's fine. It's completely fine. I'm not a secret recipe. I just right. not a secret recipe guy. And now, especially now more than ever over the last couple months, and of course, my clients might be hearing this and thinking, "What an asshole, Paul he is." And I'm sorry, <laughs> but there's some people who think they have secret recipes, and you know, now having seen a lot of these secret recipes. I'm not seeing a whole lot of secrets. Mm-hmm. No. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a whole That's lot of right. stuff there where I go, oh, my God, you're kidding. Right. Unicorn tears. Right. right. Where do you source those? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, where you you being uh, educators, probably also, I assume you kind of feel this close Ab- to the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, give yeah. it away. Give it away. I mean, because... You know, in in well, I'm not, you don't have to give away your. Well, no, I'm not saying give it <laughs> no, away. I'm teasing, right? But <laughs> I, you know, for me, it's it. Like you said, I'll give you the recipe. It doesn't mean you're going to make it, it and yeah. it's not about you making it better than me or me making it no, better than you. You no. can you can take the recipe. Um, now, I I will confess that I have been known to leave an ingredient out. <laughs> uh, you know, especially when it comes. He, he totally has. Well, in and especially with spice blends. Yeah. Okay, uh, because yeah, well, that's usually where yeah everything yeah because you know everyone has maybe the same meat hot sauce recipe right but it's where the spices is exactly. it's always going to be beef and onion yeah. and you know well exactly right. and so that you know sometimes like I have a number of uh, spice blends that I that I want to market yeah, yeah. Um, so I have augmented versions that I'm happy to give you. Yeah. You know, mine, you know, might have something a little different, but that that makes me feel better knowing that mine's that much more unique. Yeah. But if you eat yours and mine side by side, you won't know the difference. So, you know, here, yeah, take my recipe. There, there's a it. guy actually a guy with a spice blend in town who I contacted just this week because we were in a position where we needed to buy uh, many pounds of it. Okay. And uh, the only caveat was he had to disclose the recipe to us because right. we have to know the nutritional uh, sure. value of right. the blend, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, you know, we have a pretty solid confidentiality agreement sure. at, at my work. Yeah. Um, he will. He wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do he it. Passed up on the sale. Wow. Because wow. he's just not going to give out that recipe. Wow. You're probably going to buy a whole lot. We were going to buy probably several hundred pounds. Yeah. Wow. You Isn't know, that something? Well, and you know, I. I mean. I, I don't know as I'd be passing up a business deal over it, you know. Well, especially when there's a like a confidentiality agreement. Well, in exactly. Place. I mean, right. that, what's, yeah. you know, but I, I mean, I, I understand. What's interesting is historically chefs never gave away their recipes. But there's, a, but there is right. kind of a reason for it, right? Uh, well, but just because they felt like if if you don't if you hire me, you own a restaurant, you right. hire me, right? Yep. And I develop our entire menu. Mm-hmm. If I keep those recipes a secret, you kind of can't fire me now, right? Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and but the problem is, is that sets everybody up for failure because. 
first off, the owner now knows that you're not a team player. Uh, and secondly, right. uh, at some point when you leave and you don't give them the recipes, they're going to start all over again and not even acknowledge your existence anymore. Right, right. So you are cast into anonymity. Yeah. Anytime I've ever consulted on a restaurant and had to help develop menus, I would write them their own recipes and say, here, you, you own these. I don't give them anything maybe from my private collection. I give them what I feel they need. I've uh, opened, helped uh, with, you know, uh, 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 I've helped with a couple barbecue places, and I've helped develop some menus in other places. And the idea is, you know, just just give away what you want to give away. If if you don't want to give away your personal recipes, then don't make them your food. Save that for yourself. Yeah. Well, in actuality, recipes really are just recipes. They're exactly. starting points. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, there's a lot more to a recipe than just having the ingredients and putting them in the pot. Well, yeah. method. Method. That's right. Obviously. It's, it's, yeah. Half is what you're going to do, and the other half is. Well, there's is interpretation, what you're do. and there's. Yeah. I mean, aside from baking, obviously, because you follow the recipes to the team. Well, and what's interesting is, you know, looking at both of you, um, you have more in common being a commercial food production. Uh, operator and a baker because you guys yeah. you, you y'all have, have formulas formula. right yeah, right yeah. I still get to hang out over here and be you know the culinary ninja little, and just little, that. make the food yeah <laughs> uh, and you know and that's it, it's wherever you're comfortable I think if if you're one of those people that need that paperwork in front of you God bless you run with it you know yeah. cookbooks are great I own six thousand of them um, you know <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, um, but also once you learn the rules. You can kind of just step into the ring and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, thank you guys for coming over Absolutely. and doing this. Absolutely. It's great this talking to you guys. Yeah, this was fun. It's it three night. nights in a row I've got to see you guys. Man. <laughs> I've got to quit meeting like this. I know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah. Chefry Life on uh, all the different social medias. Yeah. And it's phone number. C-H-E-F-F-O-R-Y-L-I-F-E. And Look phone number is- Look out for those uh, new classes, too. Yeah. 585-698-6578. Call or text. All right, guys. Thank yeah. you. you Thank you.